check, check. Mic check. company family i'll get it right it's only two shows into 17 cut me some slack anaheim one is down thank god san diego this weekend lots to talk about 2017 monster energy ama supercross series and fim world championship light hydrogen gear from the folks at fly racing the puffy jackets the fly wall lots of things coming from the folks at fly racing and flyracing.com great company Fantastic. They continue to develop and improve the light hydrogen racewear line through constant feedback from its amateur and pro athletes alike, with the end goal always being to create the lightest, most breathable racewear on the market. This stuff is used uh, by a number of the top racers. The light hydrogen stuff is kind of what most of the top pros prefer. Guys like uh, Baggett and Millsaps and, and Canard, that's really what they prefer is the light hydrogen stuff when they, when they have a choice. So please check it out, as well as the Carbon F2 helmet with MIPS. MIPS technology, Fly Racing, Moto 60 Show, Truck Hero, a supplier of premium vehicle accessories that are made in the USA to outfit light trucks and SUVs from bumper to bumper, comprise the worldwide renowned brands, including Back Industries, Undercover, NFAB, Bedrug, and Husky Liners. Truck Hero is the name you can trust when it comes to the finest products for your truck. Truck-Hero.com. They're a proud sponsor of the Auto Trader JGR team and proud sponsor of the Rocky Mountain KTM team as well. Uh, they're all over that as well with the NFAB guys. That's part of the NFAB guys. They're a parent company of NFAB Inc. And ProTaper, since introduced in 1991, ProTaper has continued to produce some of the world's most premium control and drive components available on the market today. Brake pads, sprockets, chains, bars, grips, the micro bar, the twister throttle tube, everything, that kind of stuff. Uh, ProTaper continues to push the limits and reinvent the way they all experience, we all experience riding on motorcycles, Geico Honda, uh, Rockstar Husky, JGR Suzuki, just some of the guys that re- uh, rely on ProTaper. ProTaper.com. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. We're going to take your calls. 702-586-7857. Got a few lines open still. Of course, raining yellows on hold, waiting, as usual, to tell us all about James Stewart or maybe Mookie Stewart. Uh, taking your calls over in the corner, producing the show. He's my best friend in the whole world. He's Titch Legendary. I'm going to get that drop. Best friend in the whole world, huh? Yep, my best friend in the whole world. All right. Titch Legendary. I don't that's, know what I did to deserve that, but you're I'll my take best it. friend. You're my best friend. All right. You're my boy. You're my boy, Blue. Um, uh, how you doing? You all right with the? How how's that doing? phone going? Is that phone good over there? The it's one that's fine. ringing right now. It's okay. Fine. Yep. Um, percentage. Yes. Out of ninety-four. 
Okay. That you're worried about your guy Ryan Dungey right now because he lost by 16 seconds to Kenny Roxon. Mm-hmm. Um, look, if you're Ryan Dungey, uh-huh. 0.16 or 16 seconds, a loss is a loss, uh-huh. right? But you, Tits, as a, one of a huge Ryan Dungey fan, you've got to be worried. More worried than maybe you've ever been before. Um, no, I'm not. This uh, th- A1 went pretty much exactly the way I thought it was going to go. Okay. The margin of, of, huh. of victory was large, but... <laughs> Larger than you thought. Well, n- eh, maybe. I guess such I ne- a delusional I ne- dungy fan. I never put a number you on it You were such a delusional yeah, dungy fan. Well, that's fed. true. But the <laughs> thing is, I like I said at the beginning, I think Roxon will win the most races, but it's his bad night. He's going to have a, okay. a, a little, as they say, a brain fart or something like that. He's going to screw up, and that's what's going to cost him so, the title. Not his speed yeah so that's what i think you and donge are just gonna keep putting pressure on him keep getting podiums uh-huh. and depend on kenny to make a mistake yep and that's coming yep not worried not yet you look good he, he, well, i mean <laughs> he got everyone else i mean it was just roxon was the only real guy he had to worry about uh, so. hey we're giving away a fly freestone mountain bike helmet today yes well uh, i have one you have one i have actually a few of them and uh great helmet terrific helmet i got the uh, the what is that thing called it's the cone head adjustment the it's what a, it's cone head it's okay. the thing in the back it's a dial adjuster i love it man it's great i love it when like okay so you adjust it tight you go around mountain biking about mm-hmm. an hour in or something mm-hmm. you just reach back and click it a couple times more mm-hmm. because i don't know what it is maybe you're your, sweating your, your maybe. head tightens up or is that what it is you want i don't i don't know but oh, yeah but you get, usually end up having to tighten it up just a little just bit a little you uh-huh. notice the same thing oh, yeah. on a long yeah. ride you just reach back yep. tighten it up you're like yep. perfect Love Sometimes it. when you're going down really steep stuff, you got to go and you want to really make sure it's not going to be bouncing around yeah, or anything great like helmet. that. Got a visor on it, which I love. Visors are very strong. Yes. Uh, I actually love mine, and that's not a biased answer. That's just, it's a really good helmet. Uh, all right. Uh, we're coming up with Paul Parabinos from Pro Taper when you can. 702-586-7857. Uh, Raining Yellow, welcome to the show. You're the first caller. Believe it or not. <laughs> I'm always the first caller. You are, bro. Believe it or not. Hey, hold on a second. Wait a minute. You're a janitor, right? Yes, sir. Howard, do you find the time to call the Pulp Show and the Fly Race and Moto 60 show so early right away? Like, are you not working? Right now, I'm currently on vacation, so that's why my Moto 60 game has been off. But uh, Monday nights, I'm off at 3.30 every day. So. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So, yeah. So, 3.30, you're fine. You're good. But I, but I always make time for the show. And so, you're bummed because Axel Hodges didn't know who you were? <laughs> No, I could truthfully I could not I mean I could care less that he doesn't know because uh I'm not so much into the freestyle game and all that so Right. That's not my concern. But uh I got uh two inside sources Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. that may maybe be a little panic worthy about my guy Cooper Webb. Why? What do you hear, Randy Yellow? I heard that He's been getting worked at the practice tracks by the all the star guys. Um, I don't think work that, is the right that, word, but yes. The, the uh, two guys um, said that, he, I mean, this is coming from two big-name people, said he don't look good. 
Well, I uh, got 10th at Anaheim 1. Um, yeah, I heard the same thing. I heard one day that Plessinger, he couldn't catch Plessinger at the Yamaha and he, track, and he wasn't so, yeah. he wasn't so pumped. Um, he you packed know. up and went home, I heard. Well, you know, these guys have – I've been to these test tracks a thousand times or any yellow. Guys have good days. Guys have bad days. you got to remember, too, that everybody rides these test tracks all the time. They know the inside lines. They know everything about these tracks. So I wouldn't – I, I hear the same thing about you for sure uh, a few times, but I w- I don't put that as like you know that's why Cooper's struggling. Like I, you know, I just I don't I don't. Buy I think it, I think uh, it's definitely not panic worthy yet, and and a tense, not terrible, but can can we talk um, can we talk about how you got on Cooper's bandwagon uh, and then he immediately didn't have his good race, and then you were you've been on Stu's bandwagon and he's not been doing so well, and maybe it's you running yellow, maybe it's you, you know. That that thought has crossed my mind. I also, <laughs> though, I mean, I'm still going to be on the bus regardless, unfortunately for them. But uh, I got some inside news on James as well. That was bad news. Like both my, I got bad news on both my guys on Saturday. Poor raining yellow. What's up with James? What do you hear? Uh, I, 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 I don't want, because if he hears it, I don't want. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's listening to Fly Th- Moto 60 Show well, on Thursdays. Let's Rainy just yellow. say, you know how... Uh, Say he showed up last year not as thin as he has been in the past. Yes, correct. Someone that's a good friend friend of James told was even being humorous about it, saying he may be even bigger now. It's not so Which good, is, right? Not so good. Not good. So it's not all good in Rainy well, Yellow Land. No, but, uh, it's rough right now for you. Well, thanks for the scoops today, Rainy Yellow. Really appreciate it. Hey. I'm here with the inside news, guys, so thanks, I'll buddy. check in on Monday, and you guys have a good one. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Raining yellow, everybody. All right, let's get right into our first guest. Jason Thomas will be on later from Fly Racing, but uh, this man was on last week. He'll be joining us most of the year on this show, brought to you by Pro Taper. Uh, Paul Parabinos, what's up, Paul? How are you? Hey, Steve. How are you today? I'm good. Raining yellow, uh, I don't know how much you heard, but Raining yellow said he heard that Coop had some problems at the, at the test track with some scar guys. That, that I think I've heard yeah. also, you know, and you probably have too, but... I don't. I mean, look, he he got tenth. It's not the end of the world. It's one round. It's a one. Yeah, I mean, I think he got worked at the test track all last year too by the by the star guys. I I don't think the test track means anything to Cooper. So, um, yeah, I'm I, not stressed at all. It's the first race. Like, yeah, uh, we're, right. we're, he's got to figure. He's got a lot of stuff to figure out. Yeah, I get it. But he's got a lot of bike stuff to figure out. I'm sure it's a lot harder to set up a 450 than a 250. But the I'm only- not discrediting his two years of of essentially domination that he's going to be all of a sudden a 12th place 450 guy. No, I hear you. Um, and I'm on your side, but the counterweight is, you know, Anderson got in as being to be the West coast champion and got second in his first race and then ran top five yep. basically all years, all year. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the counter, yeah. that's, you know, but great, great argument, great argument, but, um, still too early. Uh, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about Cooper still getting 12s at round 12, yeah, then I'll say uh, maybe this 450 stuff is is he's it's tougher for him or I don't I don't know but yeah. I'm not there yet. He's, when have we ever seen? Wherever, when have we ever seen? Maybe in the history of the sport, a two-time either 125 or 250 Supercross champion, either either size of bike, struggle yeah. to adapt in the big bikes. We just you never see it. You never see it. Yeah, I mean, if you want to really talk about, point. I can't think want, of anyone. You want to talk like about Shay Bentley? Swink. He, yeah, Brian Swink. Uh, Swink only won one, didn't he? No, I think he's a two-time. Is he two-time? He's a for sure a two-two-time champ. Yeah, um, he won once on a PC bike and once on a Suzuki. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's right. So, 
All right, okay. I'll give you Swink maybe, but even still, Swink had some good rides. Um, Damon Huffman? Um, Huffman was two-time champion, and... But he won a race. He, he won Atlanta. Yeah, he won Atlanta uh, and broke his leg on the Monday after. But um, anyways, basically, it doesn't mean a whole lot, um, like you said. So uh, it should be interesting yes, to see. Uh, Protaper.com, you outfitted the Geico bikes with some red sprockets. It's pretty cool. You picked up the JGR Suzuki guys. That's a that's a nice yeah. get by you guys, uh, JGR Suzuki. And, of course, uh, just so happens that you pick them up, then Jake Weimer gets a spot. For Barsha, so it was nice work yeah, on that. That was kind of funny too. Um, yeah, no, it's cool. I, I like the red sprockets. They're actually they actually won't be on the Geico bikes this weekend. That's a little bit of a that's a little bit of a, like a, a inside line, I guess, for you. Yeah. But they got a kind of special bike themed uh, thing this weekend for military appreciation. We got a sprocket to match them. It's not for sale sprocket, but something unique for them. Oh, cool. Right on. Um, and uh, we also had a big video drop this week, so we. Uh, we did a team video basically that talks about a bit of the inspiration and athletes behind the brand. And, um, that was on all the sites and Instagram and stuff this week. So it's been a busy week yeah. for, uh, at the pro taper offices. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, what's the, and, and this is, I'm just throwing, I'm putting you on the spot here, but, um, what's the most popular bar band you have for your racers? What do they like? Uh, I would say the Henry Reed Ben is very pop. Oh, for my racers. Yeah, for the racers, like the teams, like the riders. What are they? Yeah, um, I would say probably the uh, SX Race Bend is pretty similar. Um, or, I'm sorry, pretty popular. Yep. Uh, it's just kind of a very neutral bar. It's very similar to what comes stock on a Honda or a Kawasaki. Um, I guess if I got to pick one, that would be it. Do you still have the Henry Reed Bend? You still make that in the in the yeah, taper in the sure big do. bar? Yeah. Um, sure do. Yeah. I used to when we didn't like Reed at Yamaha. Jimmy and I didn't, li- you know, we didn't like him for a long time. I would, yeah. I would etch out the Reed part on the bar. I'm like, I'm not putting, oh his, I'm not, I'm not putting his name on my bike. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so we just ran a Henry Bend. And you're on the same team. Yeah, yeah. We didn't like Chad. He didn't like us. Remember they almost got a fight yeah. at Butts Creek and stuff. But um, yeah, I was like, I'm not putting, I'm not putting his name on my on my bike. I'm just not going to do it. So. Good times for Pro Taper. You're funny. You're uh, funny. We had one guy to run a Pro Taper bar at 800 wide, one guy run at 805, and one guy run at 807. And the three guys had three different widths, and we're just like, come on. You're killing Big me. Big differences. Millimeter on each side. and Killing me. Killing me. Right? <laughs> um, anyway, so ProTaper.com, please check them out. Fly Racing Moto 60 show. We are going to give away a Fly Racing mountain bike helmet, freestyle mountain bike helmet to a random caller. Um, Paul, the cool. lines, are, lines are pretty busy. Let's get into that before. I want to talk to you more, obviously, about Roxon and Dunge and all that, but let's get into these phone calls. We've got some dudes on, on hold cool. for a while. Uh, Chuck, what's up, man? Welcome to the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. What's happening? How you guys doing? How's good. everybody doing? We're good. Thanks for calling. Hey, I'm stoked this show came back last week. Um, hey, about Kenny Roxon, um, he's one of the past uh, three of the four Anaheims, correct? Uh, two out of the three anyways. Was it three out of the four? Yeah, it's KTM, RCH, and then I think with Honda now, too. Okay. So that's three of four. And uh, he always comes out. He looks unstoppable, like, you know, super fast. But Dungey always, you know, Dungey got yeah. second this weekend, but... You know, at the end of seventeen rounds, it's uh, it's Dungey's game. You know, uh-huh. I don't know what. So you're not buying. You're not buying the rocks and hype, no. Chuck. You're not buying the rocks and hype. No, I don't. I don't buy. What that. about hey? What about Chuck? Sixteen seconds, the largest margin of victory at Anaheim won no, since like two thousand. Awesome. That was that was great. But, but I mean, I don't think he's going to be there all seventeen rounds. Largest margin of victory, Chuck, since two thousand four or something. Oh, I know. I know. Okay. Well, I mean, like I said, he's won three of the past four. You know, openers. Uh. Uh, you know what? Yeah, Paul, Chuck's got a point. That is true. I uh, mean, he, I mean, he, he does, out. but I he's think um, he beat Stewart even. 
Yep. When Stewart watered uh, up in the woods. I, th- I think it'll be a different story this year. I think Rockin' will be there you all think 17. so, Paul? I think he wins the title. He's just too uh, good, too yeah, mentally confident in his team. Chance, There's no chinks in his team's armor at all. Um, I think it's going to be. But I, I understand where you're coming from, man. Dungy is unbelievable through the course of a series, but I think Kenny's going to be unbelievable. Also. For sure. Hey, Paul, if you're if you're Alden Baker, Dunge, Dunge dad, Dunge friend, Dunge man friend, Dunge wife, any of those people, you are saying to Dunge, keep pressure on him, keep racking on the podiums, he will make a mistake. That is what you're saying. Yeah, I think they've been saying that for a while, and I think, um, I, but I, I do think they've been more worried about it ever since uh, Kenny announced his Honda announcement. Yeah, or, or they knew about the Honda announcement. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see. It's a long series. There's so much that can happen. Yeah, weather and yeah, I mean, injuries. It's gonna be interesting, I mean, but uh, who, who knows? All but right, thanks, Chuck. That's what we're All right, no problem, Steve. Thanks. Thanks for calling. Yeah, it's uh, it's a long way to go for sure. But the 16 seconds, sure. I that means something to me. You know, a battle think, to a battle to the death with Roxon getting it by a second or two it makes me, you know, not 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 as confident as I am right now after the 16 seconds. Yeah, That's I mean, all. and I agree. And and every time we've seen him ride, like in the last year, it's been he wins pretty easily. Um, Monster Cup was a big mistake, though. So does that big mistake come in the next 16 rounds? We'll have to just wait and see. But um, I think this is not the same Kenny that we're that we had in Supercross last year or any of the previous years. Yeah. I think I think this is a much better Kenny. Yeah. I would say Kenny to twenty sixteen outdoors, uh, Paul, was better than Kenny twenty fourteen outdoors when he won on the KTM. Like hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. He was just better. He's just been getting better, you know? So Yeah, and I think honestly I think it's all mental too. I, you could just see it in his demeanor and his attitude um, and the things he says, he ha- he's more cocky, more confident. I think he knows his place now, and he's not a rookie. And um, I mean, he goes to the line knowing he's going to win, not hoping he's going to win. Right, right. Uh, let's get into Trey. Trey, you got? Uh, you want to talk about Roxon's win margin? Yeah, if you watch, uh, if you watch the race when uh, Alessi stacks that triple, yeah, they pull the, they pull the red cross flag right after. Um, Rocks and jumps it, and Dungey has to roll it. Yeah, I mean, how many seconds do you think that's worth? Uh, that's about. I think that was about three seconds. Is what uh, Travis Marks, uh, Dune Goon, uh, Pulp Mech Show. He scraped some data. I think he said it was about uh-huh. three seconds um, okay. for that. So that's thirteen if you want to count that. But I believe Kenny was faster every single lap than Dunge. Uh, can look that up, tits maybe. Um, but it's on the Pulp Mech. I think he was faster every single lap. I know they said during the broadcast that Dungey was half a second faster one lap. No, was he? Okay. All right. Well, most laps then. Um, No, I think think people are going a little overboard on this whole Rocky thing. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. In 17 rounds. Yeah. You know what? Hey, you know, I I can't, Paul, you, you just said it too. You can't argue with people who are saying just hold on a second like you can't no absolutely not and yeah. and, and and that's that's good I, I we're kind of the same way too like we've all said it. you can't Dungey's going to be there at the end and kenny's historically made the mistake but i don't know that waiting and hoping for a mistake is going to work this time i think you're going to have to go out and beat him too yeah uh, interesting though thanks trey thanks for the call man i appreciate it thanks, thank bye. you yeah it's it's interesting to see what happens and then who else did you from anaheim one marvin got third anderson paul though you you made a point about anderson um sneaky good race yeah i thought he's better than i thought i, I think he's going to be better than what anaheim showed but he needs to make sure he starts up there i thought he was he rode great all night 
Um, he was one of the only guys I saw make multiple passes um, on a very, very easy track, um, which is very hard to do. So uh, we'll, I think Anderson's going to be – going to be in the mix i think he you know we've we always talk about who's going to win races um i think he has a shot at winning a race but um it's gonna to be tough man you see, that class so hard oh, it's, it's crazy it's bad did you see anybody in the night show go three three uh after the start no i did not i did not what i did see kenny do in the last lap of his heat race though was the lane after the uh the lane that kind of mcconaughey went went down the side that had the triple at the end of the lane to the flat landing he went left and went three and then three onto the tabletop or maybe it's two and three onto the tabletop okay really big and he did it once but i never saw it again but that's yeah. that was pretty gnarly uh three laps donkey was no. faster than roxon in three laps so my bad i thought it was every lap but three laps uh, out of which laps were they uh they were lap uh lap 11 and lap uh Lap 13? Lap 10, sorry. And I'm looking at uh, Lap 20 or? Um, nope. Kenny was faster the last. They matched on lap 14, and Kenny was faster every lap after that. So, wow. um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Cool. Um, I like how into it everybody is for sure. It's a, it's a good storyline. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, here's my theory about Anderson that JT and I differ on a little bit. Um, he, he has a bit of a selection of dudes he wants to get rough with. Uh, Baggett, mm-hmm. Weimer, Seeley, Brayton. Um, if he doesn't get great starts, and I don't remember him getting a lot of great starts last year, he's going to have to, and he's got speed. He's got speed to match or beat Dunge, Marvin, Kenny at times. Would you agree with that? Yeah, a hundred percent. Right. Okay. So my point is, if he's on his, if he's got on his days where he's got more speed than those guys, he's going to have to get rough with them, and I want to see that because he doesn't do it. Me, me too, and I think that's what um, – I, I kind of get bummed out a lot of times when people criticize so much about the rough riding, but, I mean, the years ago – like, I, I don't know if it's maybe just we have so many more eyes on our sport and internet and TV and social media, but it seems like everyone's so scared to be aggressive. But, I mean, if you're going down a start or a first turn or you're in a corner, as long as you're not cross-jumping people in the air, like, like there's nothing wrong with rough racing, and you have to do it to make mm-hmm. passes the field so – the field so equal like so get in there and rough the guy up but um you're it's unique what you said about the selection and that's i think that's true and that's something i think that's more of a more um more easily identified in our series in the states than you know and this is what i like about the gps like it seems those guys race everyone the same whether you have a number one on your bike you're the points leader you're in dead last you're on Mm -hmm. a factory team or you're a privateer they race everyone the same we're out here seems like there's this sense of entitlement to some guys that, hey, you know, I'm number right. one, don't stuff me because you're number, you know, 89. Where yeah, I, yeah. I don't feel that's fair. It's racing. We're all lining up at the same. I think everyone should race everyone equally. Yep. But, um, uh, yeah, Anderson's going to have to get aggressive. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I honestly defend Freeze a few times. J, uh, JT's had personal incidents with Freeze and, like, seems like Vince can do nothing right with him in his eyes. And a lot of people like to pick on Freeze with a bit of a high school mentality. I like some of the things that Freeze does. Now, the GoPro, the GoPro, the thing with uh, Pike last year, he was, he was an idiot. That was a stupid move by Freeze. Uh, I don't know if he deserved to get haymakers, but it was yeah. a dumb move. Um, but generally speaking, I don't mind some of Vince's stuff. And with the Anderson stuff, I thought the Brayton was a little dirty, a little sleazy, like cheap. Um, but those passes mm-hmm. on Sealy, I'm okay with that. The pass on Barsha, I'm fine with that. Yeah. 
I'm totally fine with with stuff in corners, low speed stuff where no one's going to get hurt. Um, you're, it's fine with running a front wheel front wheel over I, things like that and roughing stuff up in a corner. I'm not okay with high speed. Uh, like uh, you know, really abrupt cutovers and stuff. But it's fine if you're going down a supercross lane and you're arcing towards one side or something. Mm-hmm. To kind of, I, I don't think you sh- you're you're forced to go down a supercross lane straight every single time. You know, the turn might be going right, so you yeah. want to get left. Uh, I, I think that's all fine. But there is there is the guys that cross jump, and that's very dangerous, and that that can't be done for sure. So it's just all about racing etiquette. But, but honestly, Paul, a fine line always, you know, so I know the cross jumping for freeze. People have accused Marvin of doing it and Vince of doing it. And I'm sure they do it. I see it a lot of dudes back in the pack. Like, I mean, if you want to start talking about cross jumping, it happens a lot. So for sure. And but the know, problem is all the eyes are on freeze. I know. Yeah. History, yeah. Yep. And he's made that bet himself. So yeah, no, he absolutely has. All right. Let's get some more phone calls. Paul Parabinos from a uh, pro taper. Uh, Jordan, what's up, man? You want to talk about Eli Tomac? Yeah, I just uh, was thinking a little bit about Eli's 450 career so far. And obviously, you know, it's still in the first few years. But does he remind you at all of Mike Kudrowski? Like the kind of guy that's going to be, you know, prolific, potentially outdoors or very, very good outdoors, mm-hmm. consistently maybe a Daytona winner like Eli has been, you know, contender yeah. or winner thus far. But otherwise, just sort of that top three, top five guy and maybe not that number one guy that he's seen. It's, uh, what are your thoughts? It's interesting, Jordan. I've never really heard of that before. You're right. Kudrowski won Daytona three times. Uh, he was a king of that. Other than other than that, he's got two wins, I think, at Pontiac and Seattle. Rough, ruddy tracks, you know, kind of moto tracks that, that he excelled at. Uh, and outdoors, he's a multi-time champion, won in, in all three classes, 500s, 250s, 125s. Um, the only thing I would say to that, Jordan, is at times, Eli's, Eli's raw speed is pretty gnarly, and I don't. And again, Kudrowski's a. I wasn't going to the races as a reporter back then. I just watched him on TV or followed him on Cycle News. Um, I don't know if Kudrowski ever had the raw speed over everybody. You know that Eli sometimes has, but it's not bad. You're not not a bad comparison, huh, Paul? No, it's it's actually a very interesting and, and pretty accurate analogy, I'd say, as of now. But I do agree with what Steve said, and and. And everything he said, I don't know about speed back then, but sometimes Eli can show up and just go faster than anybody. And I don't know that Kadrowski has ever done that on a Supercross track, but that's a it's a really good analogy for sure. Jordan, are you worried about Tomac's arm pump problem? How strange that seemed at round one. Yeah, I sort of am in sort of. I, I guess I'm on the fence. Like if you think about him coming into A1 healthy this year with no excuses. Um, but I wonder if he maybe put some pressure on himself in that respect. You know, like this year I have nothing to fall back on, and, mm-hmm. and I win my heat. I look like I'm a contender in the main, and then it sounded like he had a pretty big mistake, you know, lap five, lap six, and he blows up. I could just see the pressure of being healthy and having no scapegoat this time maybe getting to him. I don't know if you think that's reasonable, but... I don't know, man. It's hard to see a guy like Tomac, who's won multiple races all over the place, won a title in the 250 class. Hard to see him getting nervous and being like, yo, I got pressure on me. I mean, he's had pressure every time he lines up because he's Eli Tomac, you know? Hold on, hold on. I'm not agreeing. Uh, hold on. Uh, go ahead, Paul. Or Jordan, sorry. I said I, I said that was a much different race than for Tomac than he's used to. I, it's not often that he is in yeah. the top two in a 450 main event at the start. He is always sure. the guy coming from the back. So yep. he had to learn a little bit there, too. So I don't think it'll be the trend. I think he's going to figure it out. But I'm, I'm really impressed to see how good Tomac's starts were. And if he can keep doing that, he's going to be in – He'll be in the title hunt, I think, if he can keep getting starts like that, because the arm pump thing is not going to be the 
the the same week in week out thing. It's just I no. mean, how often is that guy in the front of a 450 main? So it's it's different for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan, do you mountain bike? I do. Yeah. All right. Do you want to fly racing freestone mountain bike helmet? I really like the Kudrowski Tomac comparison. I really like that. <laughs> that would be awesome. For uh, sure. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a great helmet. Stay on hold. Tits will get your information and uh, congrats on the winning it. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. I just like that. See you, Jordan. Not a bad comparison. Kudrowski? No, not at all. He was uh, he was he was very informed and educated for sure. Tomax won Daytona twice, right? Once on a Geico Honda, right? Yeah. And then once on uh, a, did he win on a Geico? I don't know. Okay. I don't know about that. I don't think so. Okay. Well, Tomax been really fast at that that Daytona um, year in and yeah. year out, and finally won it last year, of course. So, um, yeah, not not a not a bad uh, comparison. Um, the arm pump thing. I mean, I mean, Eli showed up. He said it was arm pump. He's not worried about it. Someone on my Twitter said fire his trainer. I, people need to understand that that's not to do this trainer or anything else. Um, yeah. You know, but um, it's weird. It was weird because you know he got second and he, he was second and it looked all good. Everything was fine and. But like you said, uh, a, a big case, if you're a racer, if you've ever raced, a butt-puckering big case really tires you out. Yeah, for sure. He made a big mistake, and he had somebody on his ass there, and it's really hard. You know, I've gone through it plenty of times. It's really hard to drop a mistake and just keep going, and one mistake turns into another, and you get passed from behind. Like, well, how often is Eli passed from behind? I, I don't think yeah. it happens very much at all. So he probably started looking behind him from there, and, and it snowballed. So yep. I think he'll fix it. I don't think it's going to happen much more. And, um, yeah, I think he'll be in the hunt, especially with the great starts that he had. I really thought the tracks favored him, like the loose dirt and the ruts and the little outdoorses. And he could – you know, he's a bit of a throttle jockey guy where he grabs a handful. Um and that kind of dirt worked on that, you know. So, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I thought, I thought the base was really hard, and I thought the top was really loose. Yeah. Um. So I don't, I don't know that it was his type of. I, I mean, it was definitely had some ruts and it was a little bumpy, but I don't, I think it was very weird. I don't think it was uh, consistent. Where I think Eli strives when it's like, uh, may, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Someone... I just thought it was kind of tech weird kind of someone told me uh corners were loose and everything else and then hard, straightaways were hard packed it was really weird yeah weird you know, weird good so, word um all right let's get to andy he's been on hold for a bit andy welcome to the fly race and moto 60 show presented by truck hero and pro taper what's up man you i did win um a daytona on a geico bike they had that video of him wheeling through the whoops oh yeah okay. that was real popular oh you're right uh, what's the status of the of the race companion pods for 2017 Oh, like we did last year in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know which races I'm going to, which I'm not. That, those, that was pretty good, though. It worked out all yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Um, last year, uh, Paul, we didn't go, I didn't go to Detroit, so Antonovich from Transworld came up here. And mm-hmm. we did a live podcast while the race was on, and we called Williamson and J-Bone and uh, maybe even Red Dog and JT in the press box and did, like, live updates from the race on the show. And then we called it, you know, lap by lap. It was really Really, really weird. But people liked it. Cool. So, I don't know, Andy. Yeah, we'll see. If I don't go, we'll do it again. Just yeah, matter. 18, you keep saying you're not going. you got to do something. Yeah, it's my farewell re- year this year, Parabino. So, I'm, I'm, I'm out after this. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay. No idea. Hmm. But I'm out. So. All right. We'll see about that. <laughs> All right, Andy. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, let's get right into Cody. What's up? You got to read Weston Pike question. Yeah, I just, uh, I was watching Chad, uh, last weekend and mm-hmm. I saw him both times. He slammed, uh, Weston pretty good. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering when I heard the, the Pulp interview with Weston, 
uh, with you. He's to me, it kind of seemed like he brushed uh, the Chad thing off, kind of like, yeah, he hit me, but whatever. But he was really pissed at Freeze, and right. just from what I was watching, it seemed like, I mean, the Reed thing, I don't want to call it dirty, but it was definitely way more aggressive than anything I was seeing between him and Freezy. So, I, I mean, just what's your thought? I mean, is that something that's like, um, like with Chad and him, you know, I don't... Well, I just think it's the way Pike views Chad and the way he views Freeze. Uh, what did you think, Paul? Did you see some of those hits that Chad gave Pike? I happened to uh, happen to watch it. Too. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like I, I talked about how I feel on etiquette of racing earlier. And yeah. I mean, I don't have, a, I don't have a problem with it. Like, and, and I don't think Chad would have a problem with Weston doing the same thing to him. Those were not situations where someone's going to be injured or get hurt. Um, and I think free, I think uh, Pike's comments about freeze comes from years and years of hatred and, and, and uh, reoccurring uh, situations that, that has happened multiple times that freeze just doesn't sometimes know how to, how to, conduct himself or have proper racing etiquette you know he uh he takes it too far and is a bit too dangerous with it but i mean i i, I loved it and i think it, there's nothing wrong with chad doing that to anybody out there and there's nothing wrong with weston doing that to anybody out there either like he he can do that to roxon to dungy to anybody every all these guys are equal and i think um you know they should i, I, don't, I don't have any problem with aggressive rubbing is racing according to paul paul perbinos and pro taper <laughs> I right. So. I guess I it just so. looked. I guess the Chad thing just looked so violent when they were coming together. Yeah. It didn't look like Pike. It didn't look like Pike was even expect. Like he didn't know he was there or something. Yeah. Both uh, times they kind of went opposite ways after they hit. And it was kind of. Cody Chad yeah. told me he's never hit anybody that hard. Then he hit Pike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I read. You got to lean into Pike a bit more. He's a big dude. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know if that's the greatest dude to be hitting out there, you know. Right. Well, you know what? Uh, and with the freeze thing, I didn't see really much cross jumping, or I didn't notice that. I just didn't. Um, Weston was very upset, and you know, it's like it goes back to what Paul was saying. Everyone's watching freeze. He's under the microscope for every little thing. You know, if he if he if he if he cross ruts a little bit and gets and, and and we all know that happens, or if he if he's late on the gas and then he has to, uh, you know, get on it late and and kind of. Sp- goes up sideways off a ramp, uh, which happens right. to every single guy. Everyone's like, oh, he's cross-jumping, he's cross-jumping. Well, he's just racing, and he made a mistake, and he's grabbing throttle. But just everyone's watching, well, you know? So, Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, obviously you have a – you built yourself a reputation. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I guess. Absolutely. So. No, you're right. <laughs> um, all right, man, thanks for the call. All right, no worries. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question for sure because Chad hit him hard, Paul. Uh, both yeah, times, yeah. Was, but and but he, um, you know, the caller touched on a good part at the end there. It's, it's about your reputation. So you're not going to, you know, Ch- Chad isn't isn't doing dangerous moves to everybody. No, oft, oftentimes, you know what I mean. So it's well, just a racing situation, I think. And he wanted to go around him. I, I it did look to me like Chad was a bit faster. Um, you know, but hey, you got to get by the guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, if we keep building easy tracks like this, we're going to have more aggressive racing. What about uh, Dean Wilson? You're, you're tight with Dean. Obviously, he won the national championship with him back in the pro circuit days. Thirteenth uh, for Dino. Said he had a front brake problem or a rear brake problem. I, I, I kind of got confused on which brake it was. I heard two different things. Um, what yeah, you, front brake. Yeah. Front brake. Okay. What'd you make of the thirteenth from Dean on the privateer Andy Wilson tuned Yamaha? Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was okay, and um, but I still think he has a lot more. Uh, I, I think he pumped up a little bit, and he did have some struggles during the day. I, th- I think if his qualifying lap would have went 
better or how it could have gone it would have snowballed the day a little bit more but um every time he went to go do a big uh, a good lap he made a, a pretty big mistake that really affected his qualifying time so mm-hmm. um but uh you know, i i look for him to to rebound again and a, a bit and be a little bit better um and uh but i i i thought his speed in the first practice was pretty good and uh yeah, I mean, hard to hard to say. Um, you know, you know, what I liked we'll, about him. We'll, we'll see, I guess watching him, uh, the Yamaha's a big bike. Dean's pretty tall. The Yamaha's a big yeah. bike, and oftentimes, like it looked like the bike was riding Cooper at times. And with different riders, it's looked like the YZ450 has been riding them. I thought Dean looked really in control on the bike. Uh, he's a bigger guy, he's a taller guy, but he looked like he was over it. Um, over top of the bike and able to put it where he wants to, and I know that that bike's not easy to do that. Yeah, I think I think you're 100 percent correct. I think he rides the bike pretty good. He fits it pretty good. Yeah, Cooper does definitely does look smaller on his, and that's why I think he's going to have to learn a little bit as the as these rounds goes on and how to set his bike up a little bit better because I think Cooper's bike can be a lot better. Um, but uh, but I heard he from... doesn't benefit a ton from having a much better bike setup. I think it's more. Um, more just in you know with yeah. Dean's kind of mental attitude and how the day goes, and uh, mm-hmm. I think I think he'll be better at San Diego. I heard from somebody in the Yamaha area of things that the web ride is going to get worse before it gets better. So we'll see. Um, funny though, uh, Paul, that the 450 and the Yamaha share the exact same frame, but yet Coop looks small on the 450. Just the way it is, the way the bike yeah, works, you know. Yep. Very weird, yeah. And I, I mean, anyone that's that's an experienced rider knows it's it's so much harder to set up a 450. There's just so much more inertia and rotating mass and weight um, to get a 450 to work better. That it's it's you have to be more of a seasoned kind of technician yourself as a rider to set your bike up. You have to know more. And I think we saw Villapoto go through it. We saw a lot of guys go through yeah. it. And, and Cooper will learn. He'll get there. It's just you know, a 250s. He's like, you need a, you need some a lot of power and it can handle decent. And it's fine, but at 450, you have to make sure it handles great. Uh, Blake Baggett of the Rocky Mountain KTM team, perhaps somebody that uh, nobody's going to really talk about. He qualified fourth by getting second in the heat. He started sixth, but he went down on the first lap, and uh, he had the seventh fastest lap of the night, so put him right behind Sealy and charged up from the way, way back. Um, nobody's talking much about Blake Baggett, but quietly at A1, he was he was impressive. Yeah, and and I heard all the offseason talk about how fast Blake's going, and 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 to be perfectly honest with you, I wasn't that surprised because uh, when I worked for Blake in 2013, he was unbelievable in the offseason uh, on a pro circuit Kawasaki heading into the West Coast, and he was going to be very very good, better than people that have ever seen him ride Supercross. But mm-hmm. um, there was a first turn incident with I think Jesse Nelson crashed, yeah. and, and his bike ran broke Blake's thumb, and that was kind of a an issue all year for him, but. The guy is good. He can ride Supercross. I think he's going to benefit a lot from um, a rutted, beat-up track that's going to happen more often now with longer racing or at least consistent racing, not just you know a short lap time yields us a short race. Um, so I look for Blake to do very, very well. The guy is in phenomenal shape. He never gets nervous, never gets arm pump. The worse the conditions are, he's going to do better, and I think he showed a lot of people that he has the outright speed now as well. So um blake's gonna do good i i i for sure you know we we talk with our friends 100 percent. i have blake at the podium this year 100%. yeah 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 i, I hope so uh, all right hey paul from uh paul Perbinos from pro taper thanks for the time on the fly racing moto 60 show appreciate it we will see you in uh, san diego this weekend man 
For sure. I'll see you there. Take right, care. See you. 702-586-7857. Give us a call anytime. Uh, flyracing.com. They love to share their photos with their fans. They created this thing called a fly wall. It's a really cool way for fans to share their photos on the Fly Racing site. Head over to flyracing.com. Fly wall is in the upper right. Choose post a pic. Upload a photo of yourself just shredding. If it's approved, the photo will show up on the fly wall. It's as simple as that. Truck Hero, supplier of premium vehicle accessories made in the USA to outfit light trucks and SUVs from bumper to bumper. And ProTaper.com, JGR, Suzuki, Geico, guys, the Rockstar Husky guys, they all depend on ProTaper for their control needs. Uh, let's get right to our next guest to talk a little bit more of 250s with some 450 talk. Jason Thomas from Fly Racing. What's up, JT? What's happening? I like that stuff that Millsaps and Baggett were running this weekend. That's, uh, that's yeah, one one uh, best gear of the weekend or whatever on uh, one of the other sites out there. It did really. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, check it out! I didn't know they had such a thing. I liked it though. I think it looks sharp. It's a nice bit of orange. You know, it's not all orange. It's not just like a cone. You know, like emergency pylon cone. It's just a nice touch of orange on the orange bike. Look good. Yeah, so. it's funny because you look at stuff when it's just on mannequins or on a, you know, line art or any of that stuff, and, you know, it wasn't one of my favorites, yep. but when I see it on the track on the riders, I actually really like it, so sometimes it works out that way. And I didn't mind Porcel stuff either. Looked all right. Yeah, the Rockstar yep. stuff is always a bit different because yep. they have their own specific line. Uh, they actually, some of them were the, the Evolution stuff, which isn't specifically for them, but I think Kristoff had the black and red uh, relapse on most of the night. Did it not... Okay, so was it the Rockstar stuff he was wearing, or no? Because No, I think he right. had black and red relapse, which is just a mainline color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I know that, the, yeah, with Rockstar, you guys keep it pretty simple and pretty generic with Rockstar logos and it's fly racing pants. But I thought, yeah, Purcell, I didn't know if that was Rockstar or Purcell went off the off the reservation. Well, it's, it's tough because, you know, we have, uh, not only does Rockstar have to approve colorways, but Husky also does, so kind of a two-headed monster with getting getting any kind of gear on those guys and it makes right. makes uh, max's life a little tough at times um but i did like how uh not only his but Mar- uh, marty stuff looked as well i didn't notice marty stuff i can believe that <laughs> it looked great it washed it washed <laughs> out though early on okay all right enough of that um hey we think mookie stewart is coming back for anaheim too Seems that way. Yep. He's been calling for parts. I know W did some wheels for him. Gets getting him some uh, ECUs. Looks think like he's he... getting him from the same place Millsaps was. <laughs> I forgot Let's about hope that. Not, right? Millsaps couldn't ride. He couldn't race. He had no parts. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that. Longest back order in history. Yeah, really, right? Just waiting on those fork guard screws. Otherwise, I'd, <laughs> I'd be out there. Um, so when Mookie jumps in. Um, I like him as a top ten guy. Like I like him around that. I mean, if Josh Grant can get ninth, and all that. No offense against Josh Grant. I think Mookie can, can do that all day long. I think so. Yeah. I, you know, I don't. The big question for me is his fitness because he's never raced a 450 main event, mm-hmm. and I honestly have no idea what his you know his workload's been like in the off season or how much prep he's got in or any of that. And you know, only only probably Malcolm knows or his dad or his brother. So. Um, that's that's my one question. I think he'll be fast. I think he can ride a 450 really well. I think he'll be pretty amped up, you know, with all the turmoil that's gone on in the off season. Uh, I just wonder about, you know, the after 12 or 13 minutes when the adrenaline wears off, if he's going to be able to keep that pace up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a good point. He's never done 20 minutes plus a lap. Yeah, I mean, you look at his main events last year; they were always in the, you know, typically the 13, 14 minute mark. So I think that extra. 
extra 30 pounds of motorcycle and another seven or eight minutes could be tough. Uh, fly racing, KTM zone, Trey Kennard, um Man, the last thing that anybody wanted was another injury. But he released a statement, said it was rotator cuff. Looks like it's only going to be one week. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think he even knows. I think if they were trying to put an exact timeline on it, they'd be guessing. But um, from what I've read, it sounds like, you know, the rotator cuff is partially torn, uh, and they're hopeful that once the inflammation goes away, he'll be able to ride. Um, I'm a little skeptical. I think well, that's a pretty okay. pretty tough injury to fight through all season. But obviously, you know, both professionally and as a fan, I'm hoping for the best. I'm with you. I thought it was strange how they said, one week. You know, uh, come yeah. on, you know. Um, yeah. I, I tore my rotator cuff. I don't need, need to tell yeah. you that. I did. Yeah, I, I, if, if, if it goes anything like your baseball skills went afterwards, we're in for a tough God, tough I, hope, I hope he can pull together because it destroyed me. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, rough start for Kennard. Um, and I got some people saying, hey, will they put Wilson on the bike if he's out right. for a while? Yeah. Oh, how funny would that be if they actually did? I don't know. Um, yeah, I can't see that happening. Maybe, but I, I mean, I, I feel like that that partnership didn't go all that well, and they're both going their own separate ways at mm-hmm. this point. Maybe. I mean, I don't think there's any hard feelings, but it didn't seem like it worked out last time. Uh, top Jimmy Albertson or Nick Schmidt or Vince Freeze? Biggest surprise to make the main at Anaheim 1. I'm going to go with Jimmy. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to yep. say Jimmy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice work by Jimmy. LCQ holding off his buddy Trey Kennard, too. So yeah, he rode he rode well. I mean, I, I think I thought he come in, came in under the radar. I mean, honestly, you know, a few weeks ago I thought he was riding the 250 class. You know, so uh, to come in and make the main event of the first round, to you know, he had to beat not only Trey but Christophe Purcell as well to to get in there. Mm-hmm. So good for him. Uh, I think uh, you know, not many people counted on him doing much. He doesn't have a ton of help. You know, after the. His former team kind of fell apart on him, and uh, he came out and got in there. He got the job done. Yeah, good good job by Jimmy. We'll see what he can do. Poor Sal's got to make the main this weekend in San Diego. That's for sure. Um, I would think so. Look at the track map for San Diego. We don't know about the weather yet. Everyone's rained out in California. Can't really ride. Guys headed to Arizona. Guys headed to the sand track. Uh, Phil complained about Joe. Joe Joe's showing up the sand track. He's angry at them. But um, looking, yeah, at- he was very very angry. <laughs> Imagine that. Looking at San Diego, if it stays all right and it doesn't turn into a mud or anything else, what do you like about the track? What do you see? Um, you know, it's, it's got the same start. Um, I just I hope that they that they ramp up some of the obstacles for this weekend. Uh, man, just they, they were so toned down, and I don't know if that was because of the rain or or what exactly was going on there, but it was just it came off so easy as far as the angles of the jumps and and how tall they were. I mean, the jumps are really short. You know, forget about the even if they were steep, but they were just so short um, that it kind of made things a bit simpler. If you, you didn't have to really pay for mistakes too much. Um, we'll see how the whoops pan out this this uh, weekend. You know, San Diego's had some really, really difficult whoops in the past. But honestly, with the weather, I really see it being the same as kind of last week. I think short jumps, Beat pretty down, easy track. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't think they're going to take big chances on the track when the weather's been so poor. Um, so I think they're going to do their best to keep it dry and try to put on the best event they can. But we're going to have to wait another week or two to have a really difficult track. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're kind of right. I mean, they're going to get. They're going to be putting in wet dirt. You know, that's what they're going to be putting into the stadium. So. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I mean, on the 
on the map, it looks like there could be some huge rhythm combinations yeah. and some really cool stuff. But we know how this goes. The weather kind of kills any chance of that happening. So yep. it's unfortunate. 702-586-757. few phone lines open here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Presented by Truck Hero and Pro Taper. Jason Thomas is uh, is on the line. This is show number 101. We've done, done a lot of these over the years. And thanks to Fly for being the title for each and every episode. We appreciate it. Um, the 250 class, uh, well, McElrath kind of came out of nowhere, uh, winning the heat. And not only winning the heat, but passing J-Mart late in the heat and taking yeah. the win and then plus, and then taking the win in the main event, leading every lap. Like, holy crap, right? Shane McElrath, everybody. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. He kind of waited around. Like, I honestly felt like he was just sizing J-Mart up, and then he said, okay, it's time to go, and I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, so, pretty much, right? Yeah. Like It was impressive. Yeah. It was a lot of patience, and... Usually with those guys, they don't. 250 class isn't known for their patience, so um, I was impressed with it. I thought, you know, if uh, that was more of a veteran type, you know, 250 champion type move in the heat race than a guy that's never won a race. So it said a lot to me, maybe even more than the main event. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah, you were that impressed with it? The heat? Well, just yep. just the poise, you know, and and it's not like passing J Mart's. J-Mart's a pretty established guy. He's won two outdoor national championships. He's one of the odds-on favorites to win this title, and McElrath didn't seem to care. <laughs> it didn't seem to matter or care. So uh, I, I was pretty shocked by it. It was uh, I actually was sitting there after that heat race kind of thinking about it until the two videos started. But, like, that was really, really strong. Like He came out and I don't want to say disres- showed no respect, but he just seemed like he was he, knew he was the better guy. He uh yeah, he was good, man. Uh, you almost like raw speed wise. I would have said, "Oh, Oldenburg's got uh, McElrath covered raw speed, like lay down a lap and go fast." Like Oldenburg's got some serious ability to do that. But and he was good. He got fourth. He almost caught Marty at the end. But uh, yeah, this weekend McElrath was the better rider on the TLD team. So I just yeah, think, we'll oh, see. I mean, I, I thought uh, both of the guys on their on that team were pretty strong. Oldenburg didn't land on the podium, but I mm-hmm. mean, he was good all night. You know, he was right in the mix both in the heat and the main event. So, strong outing for that team, which is kind of the, usually the case for that team at these Anaheim races. They are, right? Whether it's Sealy, whether it's uh, Nelson, A1, and TLD. Yeah, they, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just the, the vibe or the tracks they practice on or what it is, but they always come out swinging at these early rounds. Have you ever been to their pits? It's like a rave at, at these Anaheim it is. races. It's like Hart and Huntington used to be. Yeah, it is. They got smoke machines and disco, and <laughs> they always got tacos. They're always catering tacos, uh, the Dancing TLD poles. guys. Um, Plessinger was good though. Uh, qualified seventh with a bad start in the heat. Didn't get a start in the main event uh, and uh, ran out of time to catch McElrath. Who knows if he would have got by him? But um, start, start, starts for Aaron Plessinger. Yeah, and that's been the theme we've talked about all off season, and I think it will continue to be. Um, he's not the best starter. It wasn't bad. I think he was fifth on the you know coming around the first lap, so mm-hmm. that's not terrible. But with the form some of these guys have, I think Forkner will be better. We saw what McElrath had. Um, you're going to need to get up there. You know, it's not to say he can't pass them, but it just makes his life that much tougher. Looking like, though, we talked a little bit about this on the NFAB uh, fantasy show, McElrath, Plessinger, Davos, Oldenburg, Hill, and Forkner, and Martin. There's your seven. There's your clear seventh guy, seven guys. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, there will be, obviously, the outliers that jump in there. But those are your, on paper, would take the crashes and, and crazy randomness out yeah. of it. Those are your best seven. I think I was uh, higher on Forkner than you were, though. Um, you, I, I, I thought some really good things coming through the pack in the main. 
you were a little underwhelmed by qualifying effort and sort of, uh, you know, what I, you, didn't, yeah. you didn't see as much as I, as I did? Time practice I didn't think was all that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, his heat race was better. I mean, he, he put some pressure on Davalos. He was, you know, Justin Hill was giving him all he wanted as well. Uh, but he rode pretty well. What I saw more than anything was he benefited from a smoother track. Uh, when the track was perfect, he looked like he was better. And I, I think that's a partially a product of the Supercross tracks he rides on. They're usually in really, really good shape all the time. Uh, where a guy like Plessinger, I think, excels when the track breaks down a bit. And Jeremy Martin as well. So both of those guys had really, really strong qualifying times on tracks that were a little bit more deteriorated. Uh, those time practices aren't always the best conditions. So I look for that. I look for some of their weekends, you know, this weekend may not work out exactly how he wants, but if we go to like A2 and the rain dies off, maybe he would be a bit faster in the main event. Um, but for a guy that we thought would maybe be the, the title favorite, uh, he wasn't necessarily exactly what I kind of was looking for. Bowers wasn't exactly what I was looking for. No, no, Bowers was, <laughs> on the disappointment level, Bowers was uh, for, much further down than... than Dude, Austin he didn't was. even have any, like, flash. Do you know what I mean? No, there weren't. There wasn't really much to you know. His, his time practice wasn't good. His heat race wasn't good. His main event wasn't good. <laughs> At no point did you go, ah, oh, look at the bear. Like last year, yeah. you did. Last year, there were plenty of times where you said, look at the bear. For sure, and, and you you've got to wonder if that's preparation. Is that equipment? Is that you know what is it? There's there's something to attribute that to. I would assume a lot of it's equipment. Uh, it's hard to replace a pro circuit Kawasaki, I think, but. Uh, this weekend, if he goes out and does the exact same thing this weekend, uh, I think we're we're in for a long West Coast series for the Bear. Oh, no, I hope not. I already lost money on the Bear. <laughs> so, um, Chisholm lost some spots late in the main event, but I think uh, he got a good start. I like the way his bike looked at the start and uh, Moto Concepts bike. Kiefer's tested it, said it was pretty good. So, uh, in the end, Chisholm got 10th, uh, but Forkner, Reardon, and Dakotas got him late. Yeah, I was a little bummed on Chisholm's fitness. You know, I know he hasn't raced Supercross in a, in a while. Yeah. Uh, but I just, he's hes not a guy that, that slacks or is known to fade or anything like that. He's hes pretty fit. I've trained with him quite a bit. I know he takes it very seriously. So I was a little bummed on that. Uh, but you know, it could have been anything. could have been pumped up. You know, we know Eli Tomac's in crazy good shape, and he faded, you know, really bad mm-hmm. too. So uh, I don't think it's something we'll like a something we're going to characterize him for the whole series. Uh, it just, I think it would have behooved him to stay in eighth instead of 10th. I think that would have looked a lot better on paper. Uh, all right, let's get to some calls here. Kyle, Kyle, what's up? Welcome to the fly race and moto 60 show. Uh, what about the GoPro track preview you want to talk about? <laughs> Thanks for having me on guys. Thanks. I enough, and I'm surprised no one brought it out at the pulp show, but I was just on their view. Of course, you guys are always talking about how to, um, improve the experience for the home viewer and then just the track experience and better racing. Mm-hmm. And they show a stinking compass. I'm like, who in the hell cares about a compass on the GoPro rider view? Uh, you know, when you're going around the Supercross, now, the first thing I want to know is what's north, south, east, and west? I'm just like, whenever <laughs> Wait, I'm on the track, I saw exactly it with, what I want. I saw it with Millsaps, and they had his, his RPMs and his speed. They had that, but they also had a compass. I didn't see the I didn't notice the compass. I, didn't, I blocked it out like, of my memory. Yeah, yeah. Most of us haven't even been in that stadium, and who gives a rat's ass about, you know, north, south, east, or west whenever you're on the motocross track? 
Hey, Millsap's heading. Millsap's heading in the north right now. It's cold where he is. <laughs> it's getting cold. Seely's on the south. Yeah. Seely's on the yeah, south part of the track. For vacation. Right. Uh, yeah, I never noticed it, Kyle. I'll, I'll try to pay attention again. I did see. I thought the Millsaps thing with the Lit Pro and the the speed and and the the GoPro on it. I thought that was pretty cool, but. Yeah, you know? I agree with that. We were cry laughing though. I'm oh like, yeah, I, I mean, this. I'm like, are you guys just trying to put graphics up there to make it look interesting? <laughs> they have like a Terminator thing with like the red vision of the Terminator and Davy's body with all the screws and plates in it. Yeah, that'd, that'd or be great. Maybe we need a graph on there. Do a graph of the track, and we'll have certain yeah. sections and quadrants of it. All right, all right, Kyle. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Cool. Thanks. You guys have a good one. I honestly, JT, when I rewatched the broadcast. I just I skip through everything other than racing. Like I'm just like let me get to the racing here. I I I feel at times that the 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 race broadcast is lacking. Yeah, I I'll be honest, I don't listen too much. Um to, if I listen too closely, it's more to try to catch mistakes and laugh at things they say. Um, but I do, I do sympathize with them. Three and a half hours talking is a is a long time without saying something stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. They're they're trying. They're working on it. But yeah, you know, I just wish. I mean, it's the same old story we have. I wish Fro would give real opinions. Right. He has so much knowledge to share, and he doesn't share any of it. Um. So I I just wish those guys would would share some of this all the wealth and knowledge they have. You know, I, I know Ralph, this isn't his yeah. his bread and butter, so he's a TV guy anyway. But for Fro or whoever else they have in their Carmichael or whoever, man, tell your opinion. Like, you you know better than 100% of the people listening, so please, you know, enlighten us. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I, I asked Fro about that one time. He told me he was never that good in Supercross. Yeah, it's one of the <laughs> silliest answers I've ever heard. <laughs> Fro was never that good in Supercross. Won a 10, I think, in his career and won a title. Never Although that. MC might agree, yeah, exactly right, uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, coming up, San Diego this weekend. Uh, JT, I just I think it's another Roxon show, man. He looks so good. Um, you know, we had callers calling earlier that you know the 16 seconds wasn't really 16 seconds because of the the red cross for Alessi on the triple. You know, uh, Travis Marks kind of mm-hmm. worked it out and figured it was about worth worth about three seconds on that. But um, yep. he just looks good, man. He looks good. It's good. Tits. Yeah, I think Dungey strikes back. I don't know if Roxon wins the main event, maybe, but I don't think it's a runaway. I think uh, I think Dungey gets a better start because if you watch the start, Roxon cuts him off really bad, uh, and and I know he came out fifth or whatever, but by the end of the first lap, it was multiple seconds. Uh, but I think I think Dungey has more this weekend, and, and I'm not willing to say that Dungey beats him straight up, but I think it's much more competitive than it was last weekend. Tits is uh, number one Dungey fan. Not worried, he says. Not worried, right, Tits? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, am I worried big picture? Not really. I mean, it was a little bigger gap than I was expecting, but uh, mm-hmm. it's all about the big mind. big picture. Yeah. 17 rounds. 17 rounds. Take it one day at a time. <laughs> what do you think about that, JT? Uh, I think that's a pretty f- – I, I would almost guarantee that's what Dungy's thinking, too. Hey, do you think Tits and Dungy have talked? No. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> But I think Dungey, I, I, I kind of equate Dungey to his approach at this point in his career, maybe not when he was younger because he was, he was pretty emotional about stuff. But I think at this point he's almost like a, a really, really good NFL quarterback. You know, they don't get too high. They don't get yeah. too low. Yeah. They realize this thing is really, really long. And, you know, if you get first or second, it's only three points, no matter how bad you, you know, how far you won by or how badly you got beaten. So 
he's just been down this road with too many times against too many guys like Villapoto and Reed and, you know, uh, now with Roxton. Mm-hmm. I just – even if he goes out and gets crushed again, he's still only six points down, and they'll keep working at it. I, I just think he's seen it too many times to really, really stress. Speaking of – before we wrap it up here on the show, speaking of San Diego, uh, our buddy Chad Reed, the qual – you know what? He got second last year, right, behind Dunge? Right? He did. Um, yep. The same so, race. so the Qualcomm magic that Chad's won in San Diego a ton is kind of carried over to Petco? Yeah, I mean, I think he just gets in a better mood and it boosts his confidence going into San Diego. Um, but I, he needs to find some speed. He needs to get good starts and find some speed. Uh, his heat race was okay. You know, he got third in the yeah. heat. wasn't too bad. Yeah. Uh, but he still didn't have that elite-level pace that it's going to take. But as we've seen with him, it's so weird how he can he can get a bad start and go the pace of seventh place, or he can get a great start and go the leader's pace. Yeah. And there's really no difference other than his start. And there's really not many people in this sport that can do that, that can up their pace like that just because they started up there. So I look for him to basically have to find that magic because I don't think it's going to be an every weekend thing. I really don't. I think he'll start sixth and get fifth some weekends. But if that magical weekend where he gets a start, and he's, you know, he gets that adrenaline rush. I look for him to be in the mix. Yeah, I, I've said it a few times. If he, I don't know if he can win anymore. Uh, we'll see about that. But he can absolutely, with a start, get on, run a podium pace with anybody on the, out there. Like he'll figure yeah, it out. He just, he'll figure. He it has out. that ability to yeah. turn it up. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very, very strange and probably really frustrating to guys because they're like, why is this guy? How can this guy do this? But he just has that unique you know he's a special talent like he's obviously won you know 45 races or whatever he's obviously got the ability to figure out what people are doing in front of him and and do what they do that's that's kind of what i think he does he just sees what they're doing and does that yeah yeah and, and uh like you said if you're a team you're like dude do that all the time and it's just something inside of him where he goes all right i gotta start yep. here it goes Right. Yeah, he used to do that with James too. Yeah, James would pass him, Mm -hmm. and then he would just be like, "Oh, that's what he's doing. Okay, I'm going to do that." Yep. And then he would be able to stay with him. He couldn't necessarily beat him, but he would figure out what he was doing and do it. Or James would make a mistake and and he'd get by him or whatever. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Hey, thank you for coming on. Are you coming to San Diego or no? No, our our sales sales meeting. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Saturday. Yeah. So no San Diego for Jason Thomas. No, no, uh, no San Diego for you. That's too bad. Yeah. Um. All right, buddy. Thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Flyracing.com. Fly Racing, uh, the best gear out there, bro. All right. See you All guys. Right. See you. That's Jason Thomas. Paul Parabinos from Pro Taper was on earlier. Thanks to the callers. Thanks to uh, the guy with the Kudrowski thing in the helmet. Uh, good job. You won the Jordan. Fly- Jordan, good work. You won the Fly Racing Freestone Mountain Bike helmet, bro. That's awesome. Thanks to you guys for listening. Show number 101. My best friend, Tits Legendary. Thank you. You're welcome. Did a fantastic job. My pleasure. And uh, all right, everybody. We will uh, see you next Thursday before Anaheim 2. We's out.